0: My wife, Donna, and I are so very happy to be back with you again. (laughs) Thank you. And it's so good to work with Tom. Thanks, buddy. Real quick history lesson. Donna and I came to Fishers in 1991 with the help of East 91st Street, who provided a lot of money and a lot of people, a lot of energy to plant Prairie View Christian Church. And we hired... Tom, Tom, was it 1993? 95. 1995. We went, how did we survive that long without you? We, we hired Tom in 1995 as our first associate minister. And it is such a wonderful, wonderful thing to work with Tom again. The last time Tom and I worked together was the dedication for this, for this building. And you are a part of our legacy And I want to ask you to turn this morning to Joshua chapter 24. And I want to talk about a legacy. I want to talk about your legacy. And to do that, I want to talk about a man named Joshua and his legacy. I think it's a very nice tie-in that Tom and I get to share in seeing some of our legacy being lived out. Joshua was commanded by God to be strong And courageous. When we came to Fisher's to plant Prairie View, it really did take a great deal of strength and courage to do that. But God blessed, God provided, and you are the legacy of that strength and that courage. The people of Israel who followed Joshua did do so with strength and courage. They marched into the promised land and they defeated most of the inhabitants of the land. And I want you to hold on to that phrase, most of. They were commanded to destroy all of the inhabitants of the land, to conquer all of the cities, and to kill and to drive out everyone. But what they did was they took the cities And they took the countryside that was easy to conquer. Enough for them to be comfortable. Enough for them to provide for their families. And then they quit. And we're going to see a little later on that that was a terrible mistake. They made a good start. And what we're going to see this morning is Joshua challenging them to make a strong finish. A strong finish is also a part of the theme of a 2011 movie titled Courageous. In the film, four men were challenged to be more than just good enough. They were challenged to be strong and courageous fathers and men. And I want to show you a very brief scene from that movie in which a father makes a pledge of legacy to his son. Okay, hold on. How long are you? I'm to you for a second. Okay. I know every day I live, I realize I need the Lord more. I don't feel like I started well. I want to finish well. What I want for you is that you seek the Lord. That you trust him. Even if it means you're standing alone. You got me? Yes, sir. Now, before I beat you to the corner. Oh, you're not going to beat me to the corner. Just let me get a breath. Okay. What is that? What? Hey, you can do that. The man in the film clip, clip was courageous. It took courage <clears throat> to say to his son, I didn't start well. But he was also a man of strength because he made a commitment to finish well. And to finish well does take a great deal of strength. Joshua was challenging the people of Israel to finish well. And that is the challenge that is before us this morning, to finish well. So I want to read to you from Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. This is Joshua speaking. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. "...throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped <coughs> Excuse me. beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household..." We will serve the Lord. Will you mute my microphone just for a moment? I need to clear my throat. Thank you. Joshua instructed the people of Israel to fear the Lord and to serve Him only. That was going to take strength and courage. He was instructing them to abandon family tradition. He was instructing them to leave behind the values, the traditions, the practices, the habits of their fathers, their grandfathers, and their great grandfathers, of their mothers, their grandmothers, and their great grandmothers. It was more than just tradition. He was asking them to leave what was familiar, what was comfortable. Joshua was telling them to move outside their comfort zone. And more than that, they were going to have to be different than everyone else living around them. Everyone else living around them worshipped false gods. So this is what that meant. When the Philistines had great crops, and the Israelite crops... Oh, bless your heart. Thank you, Ben. Oh. It's just my throat, not my feet. Oh, it's for the... Oh, thank you. Thank you, Joshua. Here I'm saying that the Israelites had to live outside the box. I can't think outside the box. A stool is for sitting on. You wouldn't rest anything on it. I get by with a little help from my friends. I know most of you are too young to understand that, but... all right. so when the Philistine crops were abundant, and the crops of the Israelites were withering and dying in the field, it was going to be very hard not to turn to the gods of the Philistines. And when the Canaanites' herds were multiplying and growing, and the herds of the Israelites were barren and diseased... It was going to be very hard not to turn to the Canaanite gods that they called Baal. Right now, we, right here in America, are facing a similar challenge. In the past two decades, the religious landscape of our culture has changed drastically. False gods and false prophets are growing in popularity in America when we When we planted Prairie View, Eastern mystic religions were were really on the fringe of American culture. Now, the Dalai Lama is frequently a guest on the Today show. Mosques are being constructed around our country in greater numbers than ever before. The Buddhist concept of karma is becoming more than just trendy in our culture it is creeping into the vocabulary of the church what goes around comes around you've heard that in my next life i'm going to those phrases are rooted in buddhist philosophy but they're so common in our culture That I would not be surprised to discover that those expressions have been uttered in your home. Or maybe even in this building that has been dedicated to the glory of Jesus Christ. I stand before you today to echo the instruction of Joshua. Now fear the Lord and serve him with faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your family. Throw away the gods of your co-workers and your friends and your neighbors and your classmates and your teachers and serve the Lord. That was the challenge of Joshua. And he followed that challenge with some instruction. At verse 15 of the text that we read, Joshua said, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you... Then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua challenged them to choose. They could not ride the fence. Either they would serve the Lord all the time or they would serve the Baal some of the time what ended up happening was that they did try to ride the fence they never gave up the worship of God of the Lord of Yahweh the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob now at the beginning I told you that they didn't drive out all the inhabitants of the land and their neighbors were worshiping false gods and that became a real problem for the people of Israel What they did was continue to worship Yahweh. They continued to offer sacrifice to Him. But from time to time, they would mix in a little bit. Sacrifices to foreign gods for their comfort and security. They fell into the same trap. That we often do. I don't think anybody in this room would stand up and say, I do not believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't think so. I don't think there's anybody in this room who would say, I do not believe in Jesus Christ. But we might be facing a temptation. There's a temptation to do what the ancient Israelites did, and that is to add in an additional deity. Or two. I want to share with you how I'm defining a deity. A deity is that which we seek to find meaning, purpose, I got it backwards purpose, meaning, direction, comfort, and security. Most world religions have. Their own version of creation story and about how their gods ruled the world. But all of that is really the outgrowth of the real issue. As humans, we have a compelling desire for purpose, meaning, direction, comfort, and security. And we will create gods to provide that. For us, or we will turn to the one true God who raised Jesus from the dead. I want to suggest to you that among the gods that we create is wealth. Now, you might say, Whoa, 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 I do not worship money. I don't bow down before my stock portfolio, I don't bow down before my investments in gold or my IRA. All that does is provide me some comforts and security Well as I was thinking about that I thought about something that Jesus taught us in Matthew 9 beginning at verse excuse me Luke 9 Luke 9 beginning at verse 23 Then he said to them all If anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me For whoever wants to save his life will lose it But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? Jesus says that if if you gain everything and lose yourself, in the end you have nothing. And so Joshua and I challenge you To choose. To choose where you will find your comfort and your security. Will you find your comfort and your security in your wealth? Or will you find your comfort and your security in Jesus Christ? One of the rising stars among the deities in America today is entertainment. Now, there's nothing wrong with relaxing. We all need some relaxation. We all need some leisure. That is healthy. However, for 21st century Americans, the desire for entertainment has been taken to an extreme. One of the biggest health issues for Americans right now is lack of sleep. Some people work so much that they don't get enough sleep. And we're going to talk a little bit more about our work in just a moment. But some people don't get enough sleep because they were up late the night before at a concert or a sporting event. Or they stayed up late watching David Letterman and Jimmy Fallon and Conan O'Brien. Or they remained glued to the television to see the end of the football game or the basketball game or the baseball game or the hacky sack finals in New Zealand. For some Americans, entertainments. Leisure hobbies. They come to form another deity. We will sacrifice time with our family. We will sacrifice huge amounts of money. We will sacrifice our pursuit of the one true God in the quest for entertainment. Jesus knew that another deity that we would battle against was self. That's why He told us to deny ourselves and follow Him. I want to ask you to consider this statement. If you are not denying yourself something to follow Jesus Christ, you probably are not really following Him. A few moments ago I defined a God as that which you turn to. To fulfill your compelling desire for purpose, meaning, direction, comfort, and security. And we talked about comfort and security. Now I want to talk just a little bit about purpose and meaning. and we all, I, I want to start this by saying we all need to work. Stay-at-home moms are workers. Retirees have to work. They still have to keep up the house. They still have to keep up the body. God created us to work, and work is good. I recently read about a family that was trying to instill that value into a young into a young Boy. A pizza delivery guy rang the doorbell of a house. The door was open and through the screen, he could see a seven-year-old walking toward him. In one hand, he had a check, and in another hand, he had two one-dollar bills. As the boy reached the screen door, he held out the check and pocketed the two dollars. The pizza delivery guy looked at the check and saw it was made out exactly for the amount of the pizza. Trying not to sound accusatory, he said to the boy, Is it possible those two dollars might have been a tip? And the boy said, yep. And a pretty good one just to walk from the living room and then go back. Work is a way of providing for our needs. It's a way to feed and clothe ourselves. However, most importantly... Work is a way for us to honor God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, working for the Lord, not for men. Where work gets out of balance is when we find our purpose and meaning in our vocation. Our career is not why God created us. Listen to Solomon's conclusion about this from Ecclesiastes 12:13, now all has been heard, here's the conclusion of the matter fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man and the result of fearing God is keeping commandments and the result of that is that God is glorified God will be honored And this is why we were created. We were created to glorify God. We were created to honor God. So find your purpose in that. Find your self-worth in the truth that God made you and God loves you. Jesus made that very clear. That we we are of great value to our Father in heaven. Our God not only created us. He loves us. He cherishes us, and He provides for us. Jesus makes that very clear in Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse 28. Jesus said, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Here's what Jesus is teaching us. Find your personal worth. Find your value. Find your self-esteem in God's love. God's love will not change. God's love never fails. And you can trust in this. God will not change His mind. And that is just, that is just what makes idolatry so despicable. God describes Himself as a God who is jealous. And the reason He is jealous is He loves us so much. And we perpetrate a terrible offense against that love when we commit spiritual adultery by flirting with false gods. We hurt the God who loves us so much. When we look elsewhere for purpose, meaning, direction, comfort, and security, Joshua, instru- excuse me, Joshua instructed the people never to do that. He challenged them to choose the Lord and the Lord alone, and then he gave them an example to follow. In Joshua 24, the last part of verse 15, it's recorded that Joshua said to the people, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. One way to boil down Joshua's statement to its its essence is to say that it is a commitment to leave a legacy. And that's what Joshua was doing. He was leaving a legacy for generations to come. Joshua left a legacy for us. And his resolve made an impact. Joshua was strong and courageous. And his strength and courage are summarized at the end of his life Joshua 24 verse 31 Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel that tells us that more than just leading Israel in strength and courage Joshua mentored other men to lead in the same way. And they did. As long as the elders who served with Joshua lived, the nation was strong, the nation was courageous, the nation was prosperous, the nation was faithful to God. But that changed. Because those leaders did not mentor the next generation. The theme of the book of Joshua is Be Strong and Courageous. The book right after Joshua is the book of Judges. The book of Judges has its theme as well. It's a different theme. Now we're going to find out how good a mentor I am. And I'm going to ask Tom if he remembers the theme of the book of Judges. What was the theme of the book of Judges, Tom? Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Thomas is a good student. They were not like the people who lived under Joshua. They were not strong and courageous. They did what they thought would bring them the most popularity, the most leisure, and the most fame. And that included following their compelling desire for purpose, meaning, direction, comfort, and security wherever it would lead them. Even if it took them away from the Lord. Israel was a nation that started well, but did not finish strong. And that brings me to you: What about you? How will you finish? How will you end your race? What will your legacy be? How do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be the remembered as the person who rooted for the winning baseball team? Do you want to be remembered as a diehard Colts fan? Do you want prosperity to record your high score on angry birds? I'm making the challenge that Joshua issued to you this morning. Will you live in such a way that at the end of every day you can say with a clear conscience and with a confident sense of, of accomplishment today I picked up my cross and I followed Jesus Christ will you be able to end every day saying today I was strong and I was courageous will you accept that challenge Ben and your elders are here And if you'd like to talk to somebody about finishing strong, they're here to talk to you about that, to share with you from the scripture, to pray with you, to encourage you to finish strong, to be strong and courageous. What this really boils down to is where will you set your heart? What will you pursue? What will be your passion? For what will you sacrifice your life? Tom's going to lead us in a time to remember that Jesus sacrificed for us. Jesus left a legacy of self-sacrifice for us to follow. And our communion time reminds us of that sacrifice.